Welcome to this inspiring message brought to you by Kingsword Media Outreach, a part of Kingsword Ministries International. We hope this teaching inspires you and transforms you into all that God has destined you to be. Please stay tuned for more information about Kingsword Ministries International following this message. May God bless you as you listen. Welcome to church. Hallelujah. Turn your Bibles with me to Genesis, the very beginning. Thank you, Father. Genesis chapter 1 and verse 26. Then God said, let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man, verse 27, in his own image, in the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Glory to God. We understand from scripture that God created the heavens and earth created man, created you and I, and gave us his life. And the very life that God has given to us, the very life that you and I enjoy, the very life that we see in existence today, that same life that he has given to us, from the illustration in that video, we see that we have been cut off from that life. And the moment we cut off from the life, we begin to die. The moment we cut off from that life, whatever it is that we try to use to fill that void is insufficient. Whatever it is that we employ, whatever it is that we we get ourselves involved in or engaged in to try to fill that void becomes useless. Why? Because that void cannot be filled by anything else. So when God made man, the Bible says he bred on him the bread of life and man became a living soul. Question, were it not for the bread of life, then man would have been what? So it means that the thing that sustains man is the bread of life that comes from God. So the moment we cut off from that life, we begin to die. That's what happened to Adam. Adam began to die. It says, if you eat of the fruit of this tree, you will die. And Adam lived 930 years 
So from that point, he began to die. And so all of creation began to die. Began to experience death because what? We are cut off from the source. We're cut off from God. And we're trying to use other things to fill the void. Happiness, drugs, sex, um, all sorts of things to get us high. Clubbing, everything that will just get us high. To fill that void. And then when we can't fill the void, you hear now that young people are committing suicide. 14, 15, 18 years. And then you ask, what, ha what, what does an 18-year-old want to do with suicide? The truth of the matter is, it's the void. It's empty. So you cannot find something to fill that void. So you look for every kind of thing. You go into drugs. You go into drinking. You go into all sorts. Just to fill that void. What they're looking for is a high that only God can supply. What they're looking for is a space, a void that only God can fill. What they're looking for is the God that they have unplugged from. So we look for different things and engage ourselves in different things so as to fill that void. But Jesus found you and I. If you're saved and born again here, Jesus found you and I so that he knows that if I find this one person, he will find another. And if I find this one person, he will find another. And then the ripple effect continues from there till the word of God is preached everywhere and everyone has come to know Jesus through you and I. Because he has found us, we now have a responsibility to find other people. What, they, what it now means is that the way we live our lives, the, the expressions that we have is such that other people will come to know Jesus. So when Jesus says in John 10, 10 that I've come that they might have life and have it more abundantly, what he's saying is that I've not come to give you the life of existence. I've come to give you a life that you can inject in other people. Because to have that life more abundantly means that you have it in excess and you have it in, 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 in uh, abundant supply. So when you have something in excess, what happens? It spills over. When I take a cup here and I begin to pour water in it, it will get to a point it will begin to overflow. At first, the cup is the one drinking. But after a while, it overflows. It begins to spill to the rug and spill everywhere. If I take a channel of hose connected to a main power, a water source somewhere, and I stay there continually, do you know this whole place will get flooded? So that's what the scripture is telling us. That we've been cut off from the life of God. That's why the people around us are not experiencing life. So the moment we connect to the life of God and we stay connected, no matter how small we think our capacity is, as long as God begins to fill it up and fill it up, it will overflow and begin to reach the world around us. It will overflow and begin to touch other people. So when he says, I've come to, that you might have life and have it more abundantly, he's saying that when you receive that life, stay connected to me so that as that life begins to flow, it goes beyond you and begin to reach to other people. The life begins to touch 
other people in different places. So we find out the reason we're not experiencing that connect. The reason we're not experiencing that overflow. The reason we're not experiencing that move of God to touch other people is because we're not stayed connected ourselves. So we often disconnect. We often disconnect. If you, if you just like the video we watch, the laptop was plugged. But as long as it stayed disconnected, it continues to discharge. It continues to discharge. Now, if you plug it a little while and remove it, it will charge a little. But later, it will continue to discharge. So, the key is to stay connected. No matter how many things you plug to it, if it's not to the power source, it will never charge it. So, any other thing you put to try to fill the void. Oh, I have a job. I try to fill that void. I have a, I have a, a family. I try to fill that job. I have kids. I try to fill that job. I'm in a relationship. I try to fill that void. I have this. I try to fill that void. It sustains it and just leaves it there. And the world thinks that you are doing something. And the world thinks that you are moving but you are not making progress. So everybody is, is up and about and wanting to have more likes on Instagram and wanting to have more comments on Facebook and you can't sleep at night because nobody commented on the post that you made and you're having headache because um, the person you thought would, would like the thing did not like it and then it's giving you sleepless night and you look at your friend, oh, the guy just opened his Instagram page two months ago, he has 2,000 likes and you've been there for one year, you have two likes and then you're like, what's wrong with your life? And then you want to commit suicide. You know there are people who are suicidal because of Instagram likes? Suicidal because somebody took a picture, filtered the picture and put it there and then your life is that, oh, look at that person. So beautiful. Why is my life like this? And someone took a picture, filtered it and put himself in Dubai. And then you want to commit suicide. I say, why is my life like this? All my friends have gone. Gone to where? They've gone only on social media. They've not gone anywhere. They are still in their house. They've not gone anywhere. You call some of them, they won't answer the call. Deliberately, because lest you ask them, oh boy, what's happening? They say, nothing, nothing. But on social media, they are live. On every other platform, they are live. Online, they are live. Online life is not the life. You can be alive online, but in reality, you are offline. Completely offline. Because if you are not connected to God, you will look for everything to fill the void. You will look for acceptance from people. You will look for people's, uh, uh, people's opinion about you. You will be concerned what they say and how it will make you feel. And that will be your approval. You will be looking for approval from men. You will be looking for approval. But Jesus says, I've come that you might have life. And that you might have that life in abundance. So that when you stay connected to me, everyone that stays connected to you experiences that life. See, that's the life that I've come to give to you. That's the life I've come to give. So in John chapter 4, Jesus was taking a journey. Let's go there. Was taking a journey. And then the Bible said something remarkable. It said he needed to go through Samaria. It was important that he went through Samaria. 
going somewhere, but he needed to go through Samaria. Look at John chapter 4 from verse 1. It says, Jesus knew the Pharisees had heard that he was baptizing and making more disciples than John. Though Jesus himself did not baptize them, his disciples did. So he left Judea and returned to Galilee. He had to go through Samaria on the way. Eventually, he came to the Samaritan village of Sychar, near the field that Jacob, his son Joseph, that Jacob gave his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired from the long walk, sat wearily beside the well about noontime. Jesus, weary, sat beside the well about noontime. When I was studying this, it was amazing to know that we are so tightly connected. I was telling us last week or some time ago that the reason you are where you are, the position you are in, the place that you are, the community that you are in, the environment that you are, is so that Christ can find expression through you. It's so that the life of God in you can reach to other people. You're not there by mistake. You're not. It's so that the grace that God has put on you can overflow to other people and people can look at you and benefit and receive that life. So you've been blessed to be a blessing. God has given to you so that you can give to others. He has empowered you so that you can empower others. He has loved you so that you can love others. You've been blessed to be a blessing. So look at Jesus, weary and sitting by the well. And soon a Samaritan woman came to draw water. And Jesus said to her, please give me a drink. This struck me. That okay, just imagine you and I. In our everyday activity, the things we do on a daily basis. How that God has positioned people our way. Such that we are, we are positioned to be a blessing to them. We are positioned so that the, our interaction with them will cause the life of God in us to touch them. Our interaction with them will cause the life of God flowing through us to be a blessing to them. So Jesus was saying to her, give me a drink. Let something out of you come to me. Let you, the, your makeup, let something about you affect me. Let me not just meet you and be the same. Let me encounter you and encounter something different. Let me talk to you at the board meeting and question your source. Let me have a meeting with you and then try to, and after the meeting I'm thinking, who is this guy? Who is this lady? Let me have a discussion with you and then I can't sleep at night because of the things that you're saying, because they are spirit and they are life. Because that's how Jesus spoke. He said, never a man spoke like this. He says, the words that I speak, they are spirit and they are life. So when Jesus speaks, spirit, life flows. So the same thing ought to happen to us. Why? Because we are created in that image and that likeness. So when we speak, when we commune, when we communicate with people, what happens? Spirit and life flows through them. So Jesus meeting this woman said, give me a drink. Verse 8. He says he was alone at the time. 
because his disciples had gone into the village to buy some food. The woman was surprised for Jews refused to have anything to do with Samaritans. So she was surprised. You being a Jew, how can you be talking to me a Samaritan? No, 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 no. Think about it in your workplace, in your environment. And you separate yourself and say, no, uh, we are the holy ones. We don't, we don't associate with those kind of people. We don't associate with club guys. We don't associate with everybody that drinks and smokes. No, I stay on my own. No, that's what they expect. But Jesus did the contrary. That's what, they, because he knows that he carries life that should overflow to other people. He knows that he carries something. So their life cannot affect him. His life will affect them. So he's bold enough to have that conversation. He's bold enough to approach them and have that discussion. Because he knows he carries something. He knows. He said, I am a Samaritan woman. Why are you asking me for a drink? Jesus replied, if only you knew the gift God has for you and who you are speaking to, you would ask me and I will give you living water. I would give you living water. I would give you living water. If Jesus would speak like that and say, I would give you living water. It means that you and I, connected to him, have that source of living water. So that when people encounter us, they encounter living water. They encounter something that overflows. They encounter something that is different. They encounter a life that is beyond the ordinary. They encounter a life-given spirit. It says the first Adam was from the earth. But the last Adam is a life-given spirit. So if he is a life-given spirit, then it means you and I, having encountered him, have encountered a life-giving person. So that anyone that encounters us, encounters a life-giver. Such that our every expression gives life. It gives life. He said, but sir, you do not have a rope or a bucket, you said. And this well is very deep. Where would you get this living water? And besides, do you think you are greater than, than our ancestor Jacob who gave us this well? How can you offer better water than he and his sons and his animals enjoyed? Jesus replied, Anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty. But those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh bubbling spring within them. Giving them eternal life. Giving them. So it's different from the life that Adam had. It's different from the life that was from the beginning. It's different from that life. This life becomes an eternal life. It says, out of your belly will flow what rivers of living water. So when rivers of living water is flowing, you should know it's not for you. 
You should know it's for the people that are connected to you. The relationship that God has brought your way, the connections, the family, and everyone that God has put around you. Look at verse 15, what this woman said. Said, please sir, the woman said, give me this water. Then I'll never be thirsty again. And I won't have to come here to get water. That's a different ballgame entirely. She, she, was being, she was being very selfish with, 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 her, with her request. But then it's okay. The reason she didn't want to come to the water well again is because she's been stigmatized. Everybody goes to the water well early in the morning. But this woman went there about noon. The Bible says about the sixth hour. It was about noon. And Jesus, knowing her problem, knowing who she is, knowing her challenges and everything, he got there at the right time. So she was, she, when everybody, everybody wakes up in the morning as early enough and go to the water well, fetch water and all that. But she will stay back. She doesn't go with the women. She stays back. Because she's been stigmatized. She has five husbands. They will talk about her all through the way. So she stayed back. And when everybody had gone in the hot sun and everything, that was the time she chose to go to the well. And that was when she met Jesus. So her own concern was that if I can receive this living water, I don't have to come to this well again. I don't have to have people see me in all my uh, shame. I don't have to have people talk to me anyhow. I don't have to associate with them again. That was her concern. But Jesus was saying that the water that I will give to you, when you receive that living water, shame will not even be a problem. Your past will not even be a problem. What you've gone through will not even be a, will not even be a problem at all. Will not even come up in the case because the living water that I will give to you will be so bubbling that people will come to drink from it. That means I will make your past a story. I will make your mistakes a message. That's what he's saying. That it will become a living water. You will become a testimony from all the tests that you have gone through. All the challenges and difficulties that you have experienced will become a testimony for someone to anchor and people will look up to you and draw grace from you. That your past will no longer be something that will taunt you. But it will be a story of victory. It will be a story of grace and that men will draw to it. But I will give you the living water. The living water. So that was her concern. That God, okay, if you save me, no problem. I don't have to think about all the things I've gone through. But Jesus said, no, even the things that you have gone through will become a story for you. So she was concerned about herself. But Jesus said, no, you don't understand. So many of us sometimes, we come to Jesus because of ourselves, because of the things we want to get. Oh, I heard that if I come to Jesus, ah, all my problems will be solved. If I come to Jesus, this will happen to me. If I come to Jesus, this will happen to me. But Jesus is saying, beyond you coming to me and this happening to you and for you, I'm going to give you a life that other people will draw strength from. And Jesus said to her, go and get your husband. Said, I don't have a husband, the woman replied. Jesus said, you're right. You don't have a husband. You have had five husbands and you aren't even married to the man you're living with now. You certainly spoke the truth. 
Sir, the woman said, you must be a prophet. Question, did Jesus tell her he was a prophet? No. He expressed the life that he had. Imagine this is your boardroom, sir. And the directors and everybody are sitting and having a meeting. And they said, this solution, we've been trying to solve it for a while. We cannot solve it. And then you fill with the spirit of God. He said, give me 24 hours, sir. And you go to the presence of God and say, Lord, how can I be here? And all the board of directors are trying to solve a problem. Why am I there? And then Jesus downloads the instruction for you. And the next day at the board meeting, you tell them, this and this is what you need to do. From that point, they begin to question your source. From that point, what kind of a person are you? How did you know the solution to this thing? This is a true life story that happened to um, um, one of my mentors. He was in, in a meeting, consulting for a big organization. And they had a problem to solve. All the board of directors, everybody were there. And they couldn't solve that problem. So he went home and said, God, you cannot put me there. And then there's a problem. I am solution. You live in me. I am solution. Why should there be a problem? That night, God gave him the solution step by step. He got to the meeting the next day and told all of them, this and this is what we need to do. By the time he said it, their eyes popped open and said, wow! One of them walked up to him after the meeting and said, Sir, tell me, which cult do you belong to? He said, cult? He said, yes, because this kind of solution that you gave, we know where we used to get it. I'm talking, if I mention the person's name, you'll know him. Very top guy in the country. He said, we know where we used to get it. How come you got it? Tell me your court. I need to join your court. These Mayans, like they're not, they're not functioning well. He now smiled and told him about Jesus. At that point, they will hear, they will listen. But because we are not allowing the life that God has put in us find the expression, people are questioning our Christianity everywhere. Because we're not allowing that expression of God to find expression completely and totally. We are amongst people and there are problems and, and we're just there. The solution is there and the solution too is looking for, looking for answer. And Jesus is saying, I have someone there. I have someone there. I have someone there. But that person is not daring enough to go to the presence of God and say, Lord, what is the life that should flow from me to this situation? He's not daring enough. So the woman said, you must be a prophet. So Jesus didn't need to tell her anything. He only need to allow the life flow through her. He only need to do that. He said, so tell me verse 20. Why is it that you Jews insist that Jerusalem is the only place of worship while Samaritans claim it is here at Mount Gerizim? question, was that the topic of discussion? No. That was not the topic of discussion. The thing in our heart has come out already. So sometimes when we encounter people about certain things and we demonstrate the superiority of Christ, through that way, they themselves will begin to ask questions that will lead to their salvation. They themselves will begin to ask 
she began to talk about worship. Worship was not the thing. Go and call your husband. Give me water to drink. But when she perceived that there is substance coming from this person, when she perceived that there is grace coming from this person, then the deep question in her heart, the needed answer, began to show up. And Jesus replied in verse 21, Believe me, dear woman, the time is coming when it will no longer matter whether you worship the Father on this mountain or in Jerusalem. And Jesus began to tell her everything. And in verse 24, he says, For God is spirit, so those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. In verse 26, Jesus said to her, I am the Messiah. I am the Messiah. At that point, all her guards were down. At that point, life had begun to flow to her. Go to verse 28. It says, the woman left her water jar beside the well and ran back to the village telling everyone. Life has encountered, has encountered life. She forgot the reason that took her there. She forgot the shame. She forgot her past. She forgot her mistakes. She forgot everything. She has encountered life. She went back telling everyone. The same people that she was afraid to go to. Because she has received a life now. She went back. Telling everyone. Say come. Come and see a man. Come and see what has happened. Come and see. She was not pointing people to herself. She was pointing people to Jesus. Say come and see. Something has happened to me. Come and see. At that moment, she forgot her water jar. She forgot the well. Forgot all her mistakes. Forgot all her shame. Forgot all her troubles and everything. Say, come and see. Come and see. The Bible says, verse 30. It says, so the people came streaming from the village to see him. Streaming from the village. And at that time, the disciples were telling him, he said, Rabbi, eat. Master, eat. He said, no. He said, I've eaten. I'm full. I have a kind of food that you know nothing about. That's what gives him joy. That's what gives him strength. When he gives life. When he gives life. And they were wondering, did someone bring food to you and all that? He says, my nourishment comes from doing the will of God that sent me. That's where it comes. From doing the will of God that sent me. Go to verse 39. It says, Many Samaritans from the village believed in Jesus because the woman had said, He told me everything I ever did. When they came out to see him, they begged him to stay in their village. So he stayed for two days. Remember, he was going somewhere. He was, go he was on his way to Judea. And the Bible said, okay, he had to go through Samaria. And he stayed for two days. Long enough for many to hear his message and believe. Then they said to the woman, verse 42, Now we believe. Not just because of what you told us, but because we have heard him ourselves. It says, Now we know that he is indeed the Savior of 
the world. So through her, her encounter with Jesus, she has got into her office and she has demonstrated to everybody in her office the love of God. What she has encountered in Jesus. And then they have come to know Jesus and say, okay, we heard what you believe, but this time we have experienced it ourselves. And we know that he is the Savior. He is the Savior. God has called you and I to a life-giving experience. To a life-giving experience where every day of our life we are giving life to the things around us. That everyone that encounters us encounters the life of God. That through us, others will come to know Jesus. That through us, others will come to know the saving knowledge of Jesus. That through us, the living water of Christ will flow, will flow through us and begin to touch all of them. That through us, many will come to know him. It doesn't matter what we've gone through. It doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter. If you read another translation, it said by the time the woman went back, she went to tell all the men. She didn't tell the women. Because they were the ones criticizing her. Because she had five husbands. They wouldn't listen to her. They castigated her. They put her aside. She went to tell all the men. But at the end of the day, the Bible says the whole village. The whole village. Whatever you think it's a problem, that's what God will use as a message. But first, we need to open up to that life-given spirit and allow the life of God to flow through us. To flow through us. The one who is the living water. We need to stay connected. The moment we unplug, we begin to die. We begin to die. We begin to die. Anything we try to use to fill that void is insufficient. We begin to die and experience death. This season, church, more than ever before, I want you to be conscious of the connections and relationships and places that God has put you in. You are there for a reason. You are there to cause an impact. You are there to make a change. You are there so that somebody else's life can be better. You are there so that the life of God in you can flow to other people. That's why you are there. It's not the life from the beginning. It's the life in John 10.10. 10, the life in abundance. The living water. The one that flows continually. That never stops. Where the, where the lady was, was a well. It will run dry. But Jesus is saying, look, this is just a well. You will take water and take water and it will run dry. But what I want to give you is a source. That when you stay plugged to it, you will continually be filled. And you will have so much that you will be a blessing to other people. Glory to God. Have you been blessed, church? Rise to your feet. The preceding message was brought to you by Kingsword Ministries International. For information about Kingsword Ministries, visit us at kingsword.org for information and additional resources. Thank you for listening to this message. And remember, where the word of a king is, there's power.